Shalom everyone and welcome to the Bible Truth Revealed Podcast with Chazak Aliyahu. Today, today, today we want to look into the book of Galatians, that difficult book that is used by some to say that the law is done away with and all a, a lot of other things. So someone asked me this question, how do we how do we interpret Galatians 3, 24 to 28? Alright, so let's look into Galatians 3, 24. To look into Galatians 3, 24 to 28, we have to lay a foundation from other places. Because you know the word tells us, precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line upon line. There, here a little, there a little. So this is how we have to approach it. We have to lay the foundation. So the foundation there is what um, Yahusha was actually, of what Shaul or Paul was actually speaking about. So if we go to Galatians chapter 3, and if we go to 24, it says, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Hamashiach, that we might be justified by faith. Now, it lays the foundation of what Shaul was speaking about there. Justification. Justification. Whether or not the law justifies us. That is what he was speaking about. And to understand Exactly, we go to 2 Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians 3 is another of those passages that people look at to say that Shaul was actually teaching that the law is done away with. But if we look at verse... Um, where is it? Verse 6, starting from verse 5. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of Alua, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Ruach, or spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Ruach giveth life. This, the, this is also the basis of 2 Corinthians 3.24. We have to understand these things before we can understand um, Galatians 3.24. We have to understand that Shaul was actually teaching about being justified through the Ruach, through the Spirit, not the letter. And what does he mean by the letter of the law? The letter of the law is speaking about the literal... Um, taking the, the law literally for what it says. But the Ruach of the law is walking in the magnified Ruach of the law. We're going to give you examples to show you what we mean. It's kind of a very difficult thing to explain until we see the working examples. So in Isaiah, um, what is it? Isaiah... Oh, my brain is not remembering this one. All right, let me get it. In the book of Isaiah 42, 21. 
It says, and this is, of course, prophesying about Hamashiach. Isaiah 42, 21. Yahuwah is well pleased for his righteousness' sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. So, um, Yeshayahu, Isaiah there, was telling us in the future that when the Messiah comes, he will magnify the law and make it honorable, which means he will expand the law. No prophecy of him doing away with the law, but him magnifying the law. So, let's see an example of what it means to magnify the law. And this, of course, is going to show us what it means to walk in the spirit of the law. Because the letter killeth, but the ruah gives life. But before we do that, though, we have to now show, before we go ahead, that Hamashiach did not come to do away with the law. We just saw it in prophecy that it says he will magnify the law. But in the book of Matthew, Hamashiach said, um, in Matthew 5, verse um, 17, he said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. So there we go. Hamashiach said he did not come to destroy the law and the prophets. Now, here is where we have to give due diligence. Because if Hamashiach said he did not come to destroy the law or the prophets, and we hear Shaul speaking, appearing to us to say that he came to destroy the law, the law was done away with, which means he came to destroy the law. Now when we hear Shaul saying that, and the Messiah blatantly, explicitly telling us that he did not come to destroy the law, then something has to give. We have to now look into it and say, no, I am not understanding something here. How did he say he did not come to destroy the law? But yet still, Shaul or Paul is saying the law is done away with. No, I have to look into something. How many people have done that? How many Christians have done that? That is what we need to do. Let me read Matthew 5.17 again. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not to come to destroy, but to fulfill. And that is the meaning, that is the word there, that is the problem. He said he did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So the onus on us is to try to understand what fulfill means. And when we check the meaning of fulfill, it is the Greek word pleru, which means to make replete, that is literally to cram a net, level up a hollow, or figuratively to furnish or imbue. So we see kind of contrasting meanings there, to make replete. But it says to furnish or imbue, to diffuse, to influence. Hmm. Satisfy. Execute an office. So there we have different things. He came to satisfy the law. He came to influence the law. He came to execute the law. He came to 
finish. There's another one now, opposite of what we are seeing. So we have contrast. Finish the law. It says finish a period or task. The other one says to verify or coincide with a prediction. So that's a very powerful one. To verify the law or coincide with a prediction, which means to walk out the prophecies that he has been given. That, that, that have been given of him. Here's another one now. Accomplish. I did not come to destroy the law, but I came to accomplish the law. Here's another one. After. Oh, that doesn't fit in. Be complete. I came to complete the law. Which should mean, which could mean, he either came to destroy it, or he came to walk it out. Let's see. End. Expire. Now those two seem the other side now that appears to be saying he came to end the law. Fill up. Fulfill. Be or make full. Fully preach. You see that? That's the opposite of expire again. Fully preach. To perfect. To supply. Now, if he said, here's a trick about this one now. If he said, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Therefore, any meaning of fulfill that we get must be the opposite of destroy. Look at it carefully. This is one of them that I wish that you would be looking at Matthew 5.17 while we're reading this. Let me say it again. If, if, fulfill means to destroy or to end, then Hamashiach would be contradicting himself because he says, I am not come to destroy. So meanings like, let me look at the meanings, to make replete would not fit in. Because to make replete would mean to destroy. He said he did not come to destroy. So if we look at it then, at the, let, let's look at the negative meanings. He did not, he can, it cannot mean he came to finish the law. Because to finish means to destroy. And he said he did not come to destroy. You're seeing it? Um, what, which other one again? To end the law. It could not mean that he came to end the law because to end would be to destroy the law. To expire. It could not mean he came to expire the law because expire the law means to destroy it. And he said he did not come to destroy it. Therefore, it must be one of the others like fully preach, to satisfy, to furnish or imbue, to influence, to verify the law. So that is what it actually means. So he did not come to destroy it. Therefore, our understanding of Galatians 3 cannot mean that he came to destroy the law. Because in verse 18 of Matthew 5, you went on to say, For verily I say unto you, Till Shamaim, or heaven, and earth pass, 
one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth has not passed away. We're still seeing the heavens. We're still here seeing the earth. It has not passed away. Therefore, not one, not even one of the most minute part of the law shall pass away. Everything has to be fulfilled. Yes? And I can show you many prophecies in the Bible that have not yet been fulfilled. So the law itself is still intact. So let's go back now to Galatians 3, 20, um, 24. We have to understand all of these things before we can look at Galatians 3.24. So let's start at verse um, um, 19. Galatians 3.19. Remember we're doing Galatians 3.24. But remember before you do such verses you have to get underlying um, foundational um, teachings to understand what it means. Galatians 3.19. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angel in the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but a lua is one. So what is it saying here? It says the law was added because of transgressions. That is why it says in 1 John 3, 4, Whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Now, in Romans 6.23, it tells us that the wages of sin is death. So we need the law to show us what sin is, because as long as there is death on this earth, we need sin. We need the law to show us what sin is, because sin leads to death. So, because we need the law to show us what sin is, we know what sin is so we can avoid sin, so we can avoid death. Now, without the law, we would not know what sin is and we would be committing suicide, going on to death, not knowing that we are sinning. And this is what happens in Christianity, by throwing away the law. Sometimes you look at the law and you look at what people are doing in religion and you are saying these people are going on to their death and they don't know it. Because they have rejected the very source that shows us what sin is. So, what we want to show you, and I think I should go there now before I continue, is an example of what we mean by walking in the spirit of the law. Remember, in Second Corinthians 3, I think it's 6, we spoke about the spirit of the law, of walking in the spirit of the law not in the letter of the law so we want to show you an example of what Shaul was speaking about when he was speaking about the spirit of the law because we have to turn to Hamashiach and let's go to just Matthew 5 let's go to 21 verse 21 to 22 you have heard that it was said by them of old time thou shalt not kill and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause, shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, 
shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. This is what Shaul was speaking about. The walking in the spirit of the law. It was said of them of, by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. The spirit of the law is actually saying to us, If you are even angry with your brother without a cause, you would uh, be guilty of murder. That's the spirit of it. So the letter of the law would be, Okay, I have not killed anyone, so I have not sinned. But the spirit of the law is saying, but you're angry with your brother without a cause in your mind. So you see, the spirit of the law calls us to a higher level of righteousness. That is what Shaul is expounding on. He was not saying anything different from what um, Hamashiach was saying. Only that the way he spoke, the wisdom that was given to him, high wisdom, is not easily understood. So the wisdom that was given him is hard to understand. Matthew five twenty seven to 28. Let's give another example. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. Now the letter of the law would be, well, I have not committed adultery. I have not gone to bed with a married woman. But here's the magnified spirit of the law now. Verse 28, But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. You see that? The spirit of the law calls us to a higher level of righteousness. So, as long as I don't physically commit adultery with a woman, then I am okay according to the letter of the law. If I'm walking in the letter of the law. But the most I know in the New Testament is not looking for me walking in the letter of the law. He's looking for me to be walking in the spirit of the law. So I would see a woman and be lusting after, uh, after her. And the most I would have me as being guilty. So Shaul was telling us in, let's go to second, go back now to second Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 6. Shaul was telling us here, Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Ruach, or spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Ruach giveth life. So what is he saying here? The Most High in the New Testament is now looking, not looking at our righteousness being of the law, being me, walking, saying, oh, I have not gone to bed with a woman. And me out there wantonly lusting after women, lusting after married women, thinking I am righteous. Shaul is saying, no, that is not so. Going after the letter, walking in my unrighteousness, smartly, lusting after women, justifying myself. That I have not gone to bed with a woman, so I am not committed adultery. Shaul is saying that that will kill me. Because before the Most High, I am not justified. I am justified walking in the Ruach of Yahusha. Walking in the spirit or the Ruach of the law. And of course, as we said, the law is not done away with. Because if you go back to our example here, 
of um of lust when we walk and not look at a woman to lust after her is the law done away with no the law is not done away with why we still have obeyed the law that says thou shalt not commit adultery which is what we're saying we're saying that it is not that law is done away with it's that it is now magnified manifested in the spirit of the law a higher level of righteousness and walking in the spirit of the law is harder than walking in the letter of the law because anyone can go around and lust 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 and then justify himself that he has not gone to bed with a married woman saying they have not committed adultery but how many men can walk around and see attractive women and not lust after them that is harder so the law is not done away but as it says in Isaiah 42:21 it is now magnified and made honorable all right so now we can go back to Galatians 3 about verse 20 we have to lay this foundation or else we will be chasing around with the with the um false understanding of people who are there riveted in their thoughts oh you must be talking about the law done away with no the law is not done away with let's go back to galatians 3 21 and read on is the law then against the promises of a law a law forbid for if there had been a law given which could have given life verily righteousness should have been by the law so the law could not he says the law could not give life righteousness should have been by the law so because it cannot give life then righteous our righteousness cannot be based on the foundation of the law and we go back to our example there of lusting yes we can be walking around in wanton lust every day yearning looking at women yearning after the woman thinking we are righteous that cannot give life because what does he say about the most high he knows our hearts he knows the thoughts and intents of our hearts and that is how he judges us so we will be going let's go to the book of hebrews um hebrews chapter 4 oh boy i'm a little stuffy here if you hear me hebrews chapter 4 out about um verse 12 for the word of Allah is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and ruach and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of, his, of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do here is the problem now how can the law give us life when i am walking around saying i'm not going to bed with a woman but walking around in wanton lust going around in lust every day and the most i know 
knows the thoughts and intents of my heart. Everything about me is open to him. He knows my thoughts and hearts. And then I go back to him, saying I am obeying the law, and go back to him with my unrighteous thoughts. And he, knowing everything, is going to be judging me for my unrighteousness. You see why the law cannot give life. But the law is needed as our standard of righteousness, so we walk in the spirit of it. So when I'm walking in the spirit of it, I'll be walking around now knowing that, hey, that woman out there might look attractive, but I cannot desire her. It is not my freedom to desire her because the spirit of the law is going to be in action and the most High knows my thoughts and intent and knows that I have committed adultery by lusting after that woman in my heart. So the law cannot give life. So verse 22 says, But the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by Emunah or faith of Yahusha Mashiach might be given to them that believe. What is it saying here? The scripture, the law, has concluded all under sin because the law shows us what sin is. As it says in the book of Romans chapter 7. Let's go. Romans 7 verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Allah forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law. For I had not known lust except the law had said, Thou shalt not. Covet. So what is he saying? He's saying that the sin, um, that the law rather, is needed to show us what sin is. The law is not sin, but the law is needed to show us what sin is. So when we go back now to um, Galatians 3, when it says the scripture hath concluded all under sin, it shows us that the law is needed to show us what sin is so that we are all shown up to be sinners, that the promise by faith of Hamashiach might be given to them that believe. So we are all are concluded under sin, which means we are helplessly under sin, but now we need help. We need assistance to get us out of that sin that the law shows us. So we need something to show us what sin is. Because without sin, we don't need Hamashiach. If there is no law, there is no sin. So if there is no law and there is no sin, why do we need Hamashiach? That's what Galatians 3.22 is telling us. Let's go on to 23. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Before faith came. What is he saying? Before Hamashiach came, we were kept under the law. Who is the we he is speaking about? He was speaking to Israelites. And Galatians 3.23 is a sure indication that it was given to Israelites because there is no other nation that was given the law. None other nation, only one nation was given the law. As it says in Deuteronomy 4, Verse 7 to 8. For what nation is there so great who, allure, who hath Allah so nigh unto them as Yahuwah our Allah is in all things that we call upon him? And what nation is there so great 
that hath statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day. So one nation has been given the law. So when he says, but before faith came, we were kept under the law. He was speaking in the book of Galatians to Israelites. So here is the thing. He was speaking to people who knew the law. They were in a peculiar situation, a different situation from us today. We were not kept under the law. Because we did not know the law. So they were kept under the law until Hamashiach came. But we know we were given Hamashiach without the law. And one would argue, yes, we were given JC, Jesus Christ, who is not the true Messiah of the Bible, Yahusha Hamashiach, the lawful Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, behind the law being done away. Yahusha Mashiach, the Messiah, behind the law still remains, but we walk in the spirit of it. Two different scenarios, totally. They are opposite and contrary. So we were given a Messiah, but we were not given the law. So the onus on us today is to Go back to understand the law so we can know what sin is so we can walk in the spirit of the law. How can you walk in the spirit of the law if you do not know what the law is? We would be walking what? Aimlessly. Aimlessly. So, unlike them, we, didn't, we were not kept under the law. We did not know the law. But let's look at them, it from their standpoint. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. So in other words, they were under the law, waiting, awaiting the faith which would come in Hamashiach. That is why the people in Judea, they were looking out for a Messiah. That is why they kept asking the question of Yahusha, Are you the Messiah? Yes? Galatians 3.24 now. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Hamashiach, that we might be justified by faith. There we go. The law was our schoolmaster. And what is a schoolmaster, people? What is a schoolmaster? A schoolmaster... <clears throat> a schoolmaster is a tutor... A tutor. Yes? An instructor. That's what Pahida Gagos, the word for schoolmaster there, G3807, that's what it means. A tutor. Instructor. Schoolmaster. So the law was our instructor. So without the instructor, how can you have instructions? The law was our instructor to bring us unto Hamashiach. So in knowing the law, the law would bring us to the Messiah. And then through our belief in the Messiah, we would be justified by belief in the Messiah. That's it. But remember, we were not given a 
were not given the law. We were not even given the right Messiah. So now we are coming to the way of truth, knowing that the true Messiah is in obedience to the spirit of the law. Not in our law that is done away with. We now coming, we now have to understand the law so that we can know what is sin. We have to understand the law so we can know what is sin. So many sins that you see people who reject the law wantonly commit. So many different sins. You just need to go into the Torah and you see the many different sins that people um, commit um, day by day. You just need to go, just go to Exodus 20 and we'll see something. Exodus 20. And um, let's go to verse um, 3. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, Yahuwah, thy Alua, am a jealous Alua, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Now, thou shalt have not no other mighty ones before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything. And we see today, Jesus Christ, the likeness of him, the pictures of this white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed man being worshipped as the Most High. Now, if we go back to the law and we read this, we are going to dismiss any worship of any man and only worship Yahuwah or Alua. Only. Yes? That is why we need to go back to the law. The law was our schoolmaster to get us to Hamashiach. We have to go back to the schoolmaster. So when the schoolmaster brings us to Hamashiach, then the faith that is in Hamashiach will perfect us. Verse 25, But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. We are no longer under an instructor. So it is no longer the law that is leading us. It is faith that is leading us because we are now walking in the spirit of the law, not in the letter of the law, because the letter killeth, but the spirit, spirit giveth life. That's what we're talking about, people. And verse 26 says, For ye are all the children of Alua by Emanah or faith in Hamashiach Yahusha. For as many of you as have been baptized into Hamashiach have put on Hamashiach. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Yahush, Hamashiach Yahusha. What is it saying? You are all one in the Ruach. Because what does it say in Ephesians 4? Because some people look at this now and say, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female. So who said this? Shaul said this. There's neither male nor female. I'm going to show you an example of how people take things. You have to use precepts upon precepts to get the understanding. You cannot take things word for word. 
there's neither male nor female. So what does it mean? Male and female are equal? But what does he say in 1 Corinthians 11? What does he say in 1 Corinthians 11? Because uh, neither male nor female, right? 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Hamashiach, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Hamashiach is Alua. What is that? Neither male nor, neither male nor female? That means they are equal? No, that's not what it means. That is not what it means. And he even went on to say that um, in um, that he forbids a woman to teach or usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. What's that? First Timothy 2.9, I think. So he said, neither male nor female. But why did he go on to say this? First Peter 2.9. Um, 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 um. Is it First Peter 2.9? 1 Peter 2, 1 Timothy 2.12. But I suffer not a woman to teach. Remember, he said, neither male nor female, we are one in Hamashiach. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, to, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. You see, you have to use precept upon precept. So when he says here in... Um, Galatians 3, um, 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Hamashiach Yahusha. It does not mean that everybody now all now becomes one. We are all one Ruach. That's what he's talking about. One spirit. But the spirit distributes to each according to the um to according to the most the will of the most high so it's the one ruach let's go to ephesians 4 4 this is what shaul was speaking about ephesians 4 4 there is one body and one ruach even as ye are called in one hope of your calling one master one emanah one baptism one alua and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all so he's speaking about this one Ruach who is in all of us. All right? But to every man, but the, the Ruach distributes to every man according to the will of the Father. Let me see if we can get it quickly. Um, let me see if we can get it. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Ruach is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Ruach the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Ruach. So the Ruach now distributes here. One Ruach, we are all one in Hamashiach, but the Ruach distributes his gifts differently to everyone. Now is that, there is also that matter of people thinking that when it's speaking about there is neither Jew nor Greek, that it does not matter who you are. Everybody know all of a sudden becomes one. There is neither Jew nor 
Greek. Everybody suddenly becomes one. How is that? That is not so. The, um, the way is more complicated than people take it. They make it simply, oh, you just believe in Jesus. And then everything does that. That's not it. Everything has a different explanation, a different aspect to it. Because if you go to Romans 9, you will see that the Jews or the Israelites and the non-Israelites have different there are certain things that are given to the Israelites that are not given to the other nations. And let's see. The same Shaul who spoke in Galatians tell you of the special things that pertain to the Jews. So we are one Ruach, but there are different what? Promises. The promise of Abraham is for his seed. Yes? Romans 9.3 for I could wish that myself were accursed from Hamashiach for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption. So we see now he's going to tell us what pertains to the Israelites and to no other nation. So when it says neither Jew nor Greek, it doesn't stop there. The Jews have different promises. The Greeks our non-Israelites have different promises. The non-Israelites have promises that pertain to spiritual promises. The Israelites have promises that pertain to spiritual promises as well as literal, physical promises on this earth. Romans 9.4 Who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption? The adoption is them being brought back to the Most High as sons. As his sons. Now, what am I speaking about? You can go to, is it Psalm 92, verse 6? Let me see if that is it quickly. Um, Psalm 92, I think, verse 6. No. Let me see. It's Psalm um, what? Oh, uh, let me see. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. All right, coming up, coming up. Psalm eighty-two, verse six. Psalm eighty-two, verse six. I have said, ye are gods. And all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. Who was he speaking with? He was speaking to the children of Israel. All are children of the Most High. But when they go as estranged from the Most High, then they have to be adopted back in. So, who are Israelites to whom pertain the adoption and the splendor? So, the splendor belongs to Israelites and the covenants. The covenants belong to the Israelites and the giving of the law. And we showed earlier that the giving of the law belonged to the Israelites and the service of Alua. The service of Alua belongs to Israelites. They are the royal priesthood, the holy nation. 
service to Alua is for no other nation but to the Israelites. And here it is, and the promises. So the promises belong to the Israelites. So the promises of the kingdom, as it says in the book of Daniel, the saints of Alua shall possess the the the, the um, people of the saints of the Most High shall possess the kingdom, the everlasting kingdom. It will be the Israelites who will possess the kingdom. Verse 5 goes on to say, Whose are the fathers, and of whom as concerning the flesh Hamashiach came, who is over all Alua Barak forever, so be it. So as concerning the flesh Hamashiach came for the Israelites. So when we go back now into Galatians 3.28 and we think it is saying it doesn't matter who you are, we are making a grave mistake. Because one of the promises, when it says there's neither Jew nor Greek, yes? One of the promises mm, that pertains to the children of Israel is given to us in Isaiah 14. Now, the reason I'm putting this is that many people are saying it does not matter who you are, thinking that in the end, they will be raptured away, and it doesn't matter who you are. But if we go to Isaiah 14, verses 1 to 2, it tells you what's going to happen, that we are going to literally be going into the kingdom. And that is when the promises now are going to come into place. Right now, it doesn't matter who you are. We are one Ruach. And it does not matter if you're an Israelite if you are in unrighteousness. You could be an Israelite a million times over, as Shaul told you in the book of Philippians. Circumcised the eighth day uh, um, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He said he was willing to throw that away for seeking Yahusha or finding Yahusha. That is what we, it is for us today. We are Israelites, but you could be a, an Israelite a million times over. If you end up being unrighteousness, your place is going to be the same as any other sinner. So the onus on us as Israelites is to walk in perfection before the Most High. That's it. Then now, time comes for the promises. We attain the promises. But we cannot attain the promises unless we are in perfection. But the other nations, they attain unto perfection and they partake in the kingdom. But they will be serving the children of Yasharal in the kingdom because the promises for the children of Yasharal have to be given in the end. Remember, in Romans 9, it says, To whom pertain the promises. The promises for the kingdom is for the children of Israel. So when we go to Isaiah 14, verses 1 to 2, it says, For Yahuwah will have mercy on Jacob, or Jacob, and will yet choose Yasharal, and set them in their own land, and the strangers, the non-Israelites, and the strangers shall be joined with them, and they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. So remember, Galatians 3, 28, neither Jew nor Greek. Let's see what's going to happen to the non-Israelites. 
Let me read it again. For Yahuwah will have mercy on Jacob, and will yet choose Yasharal, and set them in their own land, and the strangers shall be joined with them, and they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. So the strangers shall cling to the Israelites in the end. That is what is meant by being grafted in. Being grafted in is not um, saying you believe in Yahusha and being a stranger to his people. Being grafted in is joining yourself to his people. Humbly joining yourself to his people who are now some of the least of the least. And probably some of the most stiff-necked people to deal with, honestly. But you have to cleave to them. Verse 2, and the people shall take them. So the Israelites shall take the strangers who joined to them. The Jews shall take the Greeks, in other words. And the Jews shall take the Greeks. Just think about it along that line. And the people shall take them and bring them to their place. And the house of Yasharal shall possess them in the land of Yahuwah for servants and handmaids. And they shall take them captives, whose captives they were, and they shall rule over their oppressors. You see that? Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. That's not totally what it means. It means when it comes to the Ruach, you are one Ruach. And then through that one Ruach, we all have to attain unto perfection. Because the Ruach is given to us for what? Does it say in John 16, 13, to guide us into all truth? So whether we are Jew or Greek, Israelite or non-Israelite, we have to let the Ruach guide us into all truth so that in the end we can be perfected. Then when we are perfected, then when it is time for the promises, then we will attain unto the physical promises of the kingdom. That's what Galatians 3.28 actually means. And in verse 29, it says, And if ye be Hamashiachs, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs, or heirs according to the promise. What is he saying? Remember, we said in Galatians 3.24, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Hamashiach, that we might be justified by faith, and we show that only Israel were given the law. So who he is speaking with here are Israelites. What he is saying is that being only physically of Abraham's seed does not guarantee you a place in the kingdom. Walking according to the letter of the law does not guarantee you a place in the kingdom. What, guarantee you a, what guarantees you a place in the kingdom is if you belong to Hamashiach, which means if you are of Emunah, of faith, and you receive the Ruach, the one Ruach, then are you the heirs according to the promise. That's what he means. And that's why he said in Romans 13, that's why he said in Romans 13, when he was speaking about the promise, I think it's Romans 13. Let me see. It is Romans 13. I'm always um, uh, messes, messing this one up. No, it's not Romans 13. I think, is it Romans 8? 
Let me see. Romans 8. A um, little bit slow. Uh, oh, no, no. Bum, bum. We are, it's in Romans 9. But I'm there in Romans 9. <laughs> and all I needed to do was go down. A little bit to verse 7. All right, Romans 9. This is what he's speaking about here in Galatians 3.29. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of Alua, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. And he went on to tell you that it is the promise that is accessed through faith. So you are, you are a, um, a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But if you are not of faith, if you are not of the seed of Yahusha, if you are not um, of faith of Yahusha, then you are not. You will not be a partaker of the promise. This is what he's telling us. In verse 9 he said, For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall all shall have a son. Then he went on to speak about um, Esau and Jacob. And then he said, As it is written in, nine, in verse 13, As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with Allah? Allah forbid. For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then, it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of Allah that showeth mercy. What is he saying here? The Most High has decided to have mercy on whom? We just read it in Isaiah 14. Let's see if you are following. Who did he say? He would have mercy on. Because Shaul is saying here, or Paul is saying here in Romans 9, that he does not have mercy on all. So who does he have mercy on? Isaiah 14 verse 1. For Yahuwah will have mercy on Jacob and will yet choose Israel. This is what Shaul is speaking about in Galatians 3.29 people. He is saying, Not because you are a descendant of Abraham, does, that does not make you partake of the promise. You have to be of the faith of Hamashiach. In other words, you have to be righteous. It is a righteous remnant that will partake of the promise. So if ye be Hamashiach, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Some people look at it and they say, Oh, as long as we are of Amashiach, then we are Abraham's seed. That's not what he's saying. He's speaking to Israelites. You are disqualified if you are not walking in the faith of Hamashiach. That's what he's saying. That is the people of the flesh. That is not who are going to partake of the promise. It is the people who are of the promise of faith. That's what Galatians 3, 24 to 29 is all about. Because I had to go. I was asked about Galatians 3, 28. 
Galatians 3, 24 to 28, but I had to go to 29 because this would be hanging and people would be saying, oh, then how come he says, if he be Hamashiach? And then they would use it to disqualify the whole teaching. So we have to see who he has mercy on. He has mercy on Jacob. And it is only a righteous remnant of Jacob who will go in. As prophesied in the book of Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 12, I think. Um, um, no, it's not Galatians 3. Um, let me search again. Let me go to search. Um, uh, uh, all right, so I think this 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 teaching today should give everyone a complete understanding of um of this Galatians three. All right. Isaiah 1, verse 27 to 28. This is what he's talking about, people. Not because you're a seed of Abraham, not because you're a descendant of Jacob, not because you're an Israelite, that does not make you partake of the promise. Here is who will partake of the promise. Isaiah 1, 27. Zion shall be redeemed with judgment and her converts with righteousness. This is it. These are the people who are who are of Hamashiach, who will be redeemed with judgment and with righteousness. These are the righteous remnants. And the destruction of the transgressors and the sinners and of the sinners shall be together, and they that forsake Yahuwah shall be consumed. So in verse 27, it tells you that the righteous will be redeemed. But in 28, it tells you that the sinners will be consumed and they that forsake Yahuwah. And you cannot forsake someone who you did not have a relationship with. So this is speaking about the children of Israel. If you go to Isaiah chapter 1, you will know it is speaking about the children of Yasharal. Because in verse 1, it says, Isaiah 1, 1, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amoz, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Yotham, Ahaz, and Ezekiah, kings of Yahudah. In verse 2, he said, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For, the, for Yahuwah hath spoken, I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity. Need I go further? A seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken Yahuwah. They have provoked the Holy One of Yasharal unto anger. They are gone away backward. So the, 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 the subject in Isaiah 1 is the children of Israel. And in verse 27, it tells you that the righteous ones will be redeemed. And in 28, it tells you that the sinners will be destroyed. That is what Shaul is speaking about in the book of Galatians. And, of course, he is speaking about being justified by faith, not by the letter of the law, but by the spirit of the law, because the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. We were under a schoolmaster, under the law, 
until Hamashiach came to let us walk in the spirit of the law so we can walk in perfection, in righteousness. Then when we walk in the spirit of the law, then we become one Ruach. We in, Spiritually, we are no different spiritually from the Greek. Neither male nor female. All I give one Ruach because there is one Ruach. And we are given one Ruach, but the Ruach gives a different uh, um, gifts according to the will of the Most High. And then, when we are perfected, and it is time for us to receive the promises, then the children of Yasharal will receive the promises. Yahuwah will have mercy on Jacob. And it doesn't matter whether you are an Israelite, um, uh, if you are a seed of Abraham, what matters is if you are of the promise, of the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but also walking in righteousness, in the faith of Yahusha HaMashiach, these are those on whom the Most High will have mercy in the end. So it does matter who you are, not in the spirit, but where it pertains to the promises that will be in the end. All right? So this is our take on Galatians 3, 24 to 29. Okay? Only hope this has edified someone. This is Kazakh Aliyahu. Remember, if you want to check out our teachings, precept upon precept, line upon line upon line, here a little, there a little, you may check out justaword.org. If you prefer to watch our videos, you may check out our video website, justaword.org. Dot TV, where there are exclusive videos not found anywhere else from us, you may check it out on justaword.tv. If you prefer to listen, you can check out our 24-7 online radio, Jaw Radio, at jawradio.org, org, J-A-W-R-A-D-I-O dot org. Or you may check the Google Play Store for our... Um, our... Android app, Jaw Radio, J A W R A D I O. All right, and please do share this with someone who you think might be edified. Please share. The only way it can go around is if you do your part in sharing. If you have received something good, please share it with someone else. All right, and until next time, this is the Bible Truth Revealed podcast from Just a Word at jawpodcast.com. All right, shalom. And until next time, shalom.